Hello, and welcome to episode 135 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And today we are talking about building your collection, both in paper and on arena. Yeah, continuation of our super summer extended edition of how to play Magic in general, I guess. In general. How to be a better player in paper or whatever. Today's going to be a little bit of arena stuff, but... We're trying to teach people how to play Paper Magic again, because I think people forgot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you have any suggestions or things you want us to cover, you can get at us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yeah, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or drop us an email, show at CasualTryhardMTG.com. Um, I know you and I both ordered some singles last week, I think, from our TCG Player Affiliate link. Uh, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com I picked up some stuff from Modern Horizons I was missing and I picked up the few cards that I was interested in from Adventures in Forgotten Realms Um, if you guys are looking to pick anything from those sets up I think prices are about as good as they're going to get for the most part Um, probably a decent time to move into whatever positions you're looking to get and we would appreciate it if you use that affiliate link. Uh, we get a small percentage of whatever you purchase after following that link to help keep the show going. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Um, this summer we are doing, like I said, our you know kind of extended ongoing series about you know how to play Paper Magic or how to be a better player. And that pushes some of the stuff we normally talk about to the side. So if you want to hear our normal banter, um, the pre-show is the place to get that. And our patrons have exclusive access. So if you guys are interested in chipping in, we would really appreciate it. Throw a couple bucks in the pot. Head over to patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg and sign up. Like I said, you'll get access to our pre-show. You'll get early access to our show notes so you know what we're going to be talking about uh, the coming show. And at some point, I'm going to get around to sending out the next round of givebacks. So if anybody's interested in jumping in before then, head over there, sign up. It's kind of like a casual tryhard only fans, but you don't have to look at us naked. Hey, I could I could just do dudes uh, lewds and no nudes, you know, swimwear. <laughs> like there 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 are a whole subgenres, man. We don't have to we don't have to show them everything. The hot tub, the hot tub Twitch channel. Yeah, we could we could we could become a pools and beat we could enter the pools and beaches arena yeah perfect yeah yeah nobody wants to see that trust me so <laughs> no sign up to our patreon instead <laughs> yes yes and then eventually someone will go back on the youtube but uh, uh yeah probably i think we get spoilers for midnight hunt like next week i think oh my god make it stop <laughs> yeah so midnight hunt i should be back to doing box openings for um, that'll go up on YouTube, and I imagine there'll be some sort of draft and or sealed, and or maybe I'll do a deck tech for like new standard. I'll maybe. pick a deck and there do a go. deck tech for that. Um, so look forward to that on YouTube. Uh, our channel over there is Casual Tryhard MTG on YouTube. Uh, click subscribe, like a couple videos, leave a comment, let us know what you think. Um, also, it's another place just to see the show. If you're a YouTube junkie and don't feel like tracking down podcasts, you can listen to us over there also. It gets posted the same time. And we have a Discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media. Hop on over, join the discussion. Um, I answered a couple quick questions this week. 
normally i know this week in the store there was one day where we had free gems in the store uh whenever i see that i post up in there to make sure everybody gets their free gems uh stuff like that so hop on over to discord also if you have any feedback for us let us know how we're doing what you want to hear about if you like this series we're doing if you don't if there's something we missed if there's something you want us to cover a little bit more in depth let us know all right so the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, broadly def- can be defined as be a good person. Yeah, uh, the golden James, rule. James has a large section wrote, wrote here, so I assume he is very passionate about this. So the floor is yours. Yeah. So I just wanted to kind of take a break from like the normal stuff we were talking about and remind people that when you go back into the game store, be a good person. Don't be you know, the normal asshole that you are. Um, There's definitely going to be some community rebuilding that needs to happen once people are moving back into game stores. And it's important for everybody to put their best foot forward, whether that means helping out a new player or um, looking out for somebody's best interest in a trade or, you know, whatever it is. If you see an unfamiliar face introduce yourself if you see somebody that needs help help them out um if you are playing with your opponent and you have you know if they made a misplay you know don't call them out right there but maybe just you know offer some advice um do things to help grow the community because i know for a fact that communities got hit it super hard when people weren't allowed to play a lot of play players aren't going to come back. Um, it's very much a habitual thing for a lot of people. Once that habit's broken, it's hard to hard to put all the pieces back together. Yeah. So take a minute, think about what you're doing, think about the people around you, be nice to the employees, be nice to the store owners, be nice to other Magic players, uh, people playing other games maybe. Um, like I said, just make it the place that you want it to be. And that starts with how you treat you know people around you. Also yeah. includes like personal hygiene stuff. Take a shower, put some clean clothes on. Don't be stinky. Okay, so this might not be evergreen, but I don't know. Wear a mask. Give that give that a go. There you go. Wear a mask. Not because you smell bad, but you know. Well, COVID I mean, maybe that too. You might have maybe some awful too. breath. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, just a quick aside. So yeah, Brian Gottlieb was tweeting sent out a tweet where he was like, on one hand, he's watching all, seeing all these exuberant tweets about people going back into their local game store. And yeah. the other part of his Twitter timeline is stories about hospitals being overfilled with COVID patients. Yeah. And it's like hard to be happy about the magic stuff when you also have this other stuff. So like yeah. we need to, we need to do our part so that your local store doesn't have to close down again. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just, as, as a guy who's got to teach roomfuls of college age students uh, yeah. who may or may not be masked, please, please mask up. <laughs> uh, all right. Like I said, treat, treat other people the way you want to be treated. And yeah, that's pretty much the golden rule. That's what your mama used to tell you when you were little. So very true. Okay. So now for collection building. So we've collection broken this building 101. Yeah. So we've broken this into two parts. Mm-hmm. First is arena and kind of like how to maximize your dollar reduce there and then we 
talk about paper, which if you listen to the pre-show, we did a lot of talking about paper collection management. So We did. <laughs> a the, lot. The backside of paper collection management. Yes. Yes. Okay. So for Arena, the, the first rule is a rule I have stuck too hard. I know you've had some moments of weakness. Oh, yeah. I was bad at this for a while, but I've been much better lately. Okay. And that is do not buy the cosmetics. Yikes. Yeah. Right. So, you know, they don't give you a card, right? You're just getting a skin for a card you already have. So if you have three of a card and you buy the cosmetic, congratulations, you have three of that card and you can toggle it to three of a of the same card <laughs> with different art. Right, yeah. you didn't get a fourth card there, so you still oh. need to crack packs to get or use a wild card to get that card. So For the most part, it's not even different art; it's just like the shimmery version of the yeah. art, <laughs> slightly bigger art. Right. right. So, right, like each time you buy a cosmetic, you are like further from a pack or from a draft. So, yeah, like if you think about it, a lot of those, like when they go on sale in the store, a lot of those cosmetics are still a thousand gold. Yeah. You know, you string 10 of those together and you got yourself a draft, buddy. Yeah. So, like, it's just not, uh, it's just not worth it. Like, yeah. You know, where if you buy a blingy paper card, mm -hmm. there is a chance that you can turn around and sell that blingy paper card for more than you bought it for. We'll talk about that here in a bit. Uh, we will. But it, any money you throw into arena is gone forever. So if you're not Lit on fire, so like, you know, you're most of you are adults, right? You mm -hmm. can use your, spend your money however you want, but if you were trying to get your arena dollar to go further, don't, don't get suckered into the, the cosmetics. I mean, they, I noticed that they, hid the um the gold in gems yeah like at the end now the cosmetics i used to open the store look to see if and there were gold the and gems thing. yeah and if there weren't i would then close the store now i right. have to click on the store and then scroll over and they do that just so maybe like i'm like ooh, and then i buy something yeah be strong be strong be strong yeah right so the next thing is if you, you can commit to play, like, I don't think in, I think it's a, a reasonable amount. Like, I don't think you have to go overboard to make it happen, but like the mastery pass really isn't that difficult to complete. And I, I'm pretty sure it's been worth it every time. There's like once or twice, it's been kind of iffy, um, but normally it's, it's worth it. So, so if you can kind of commit to doing like your your dailies and your challenges, then like the mastery pass is a good way to build your collection out. Yeah, like, but the um, the free draft token that they've been giving yeah. combined with kind of the amount of gold and um, gems you get, yeah, it kind of works out to like being effectively even. Yeah. Right, because like if you think about it, like a draft is usually, like what is it, a thousand gems? Uh yes. Right. So, if you think and that's so, like a third of the mastery pass, right? Yeah. So now you're paying twenty four hundred for everything, and you're getting the packs, which oftentimes spit more gems back out. You're right. getting uh, gold that you can turn into a draft. 
Mm-hmm. So all in all, it probably ends up coming close to breaking even. Yep. So it is worth it. I personally yep. don't buy the mastery pass till the end of the season. Yeah, I you like wait- getting everything all at once. I like getting everything all at once. And I like knowing with 100% certainty that I have maxed out what I'm going to get. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. what if something happens and I like don't play for two weeks, right? Right. Well, now I'm not getting nearly the deal I was getting before. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just like make sure I was like getting everything out of it or like reevaluate. Like, okay, I only made it to level 60. Is it worth me buying it? Let me figure right. that out. As opposed to being like, oh, like, you know, I bought it when I was at level one and I only got to level 60. Oh, and I wouldn't have bought it since I only got to level 60. Yeah. So I always wait. Yep. Um, I don't I buy it right off the rip. Okay. It uh, kind of in, I don't know. It, like I'm more apt to sign on and get a quick game if I know it's working towards my mastery pass Fair. than I would be otherwise. So I, I, and realistically, I'm going to buy it anyway. So I, I just buy it. Yeah. Um. So right now I'm at level, I just looked at this today. I'm at level 50 with mm-hmm. 31 days left. Yeah. So like it should be fine, but I was just kind of surprised at how little time there was left. Yeah. I think that's because like they split this, whatever, because of midnight hunt. And yeah. criminal out isn't this one shorter than it normally is, right? Yeah, there's been some that have been level eighty cap before, but yeah. no, it was just like, huh? So it's like a level a day sounds like a lot, but if you're doing your dailies and everything, it's not too too bad. Yeah. So speaking of which, speaking like, of which, they are giving you stuff for free when you get wins, right? So. Mm-hmm. It's um, like I forget how much it is, right? It's you end up with like a thousand gold if you get all of your wins. Yeah, I think so. For four wins or like 900 or something. And it's a decent amount of progress to the mastery pass for your first four wins. Yep. Uh, And then like after that, there are diminishing returns. Like there are definitely times where I will like, you know, get sucked in and be like, okay. I'm just, I've got like free time. I'll just play some more. Mm-hmm. But then there are also days where I'm like, I get my four wins and I'm like, well, I'm glad I don't have to do any more of that. <laughs> I'm done with that for the day. Done with that um, for the day. One more thing that I'll throw in here. I don't think this used to be the case, but like the standard 2022, even before they had the ranked queue for it and it was just like the standard 2022 queue, uh, that counted for your wins for the day. Yeah, and it, the the historic brawl that I think is supposed to be a queue soon, yeah. But right now is just an event. Um, that also counts as towards your wins for the day. So you don't have to play on the ladder to get your wins for the day. You can play like the unranked best of one. There yeah. have definitely been days where I'm like, oh, I have, uh, I have to get seven hundred. Like I have to play forty red spells for my daily challenge. And, like, yep. I have a bad mono red deck that I built, like, six months ago mm-hmm. that, like, I will just dust off and play unranked. And yeah. it's mono red. It'll steal a game here and there. But I'll, like, right. get my I'll get my stuff done. But that counts. As long as you're not playing Sparky. Correct. You, you get your any win you get counts towards your daily. 
Um, I don't think direct challenges count towards your daily. Oh, they they don't. That's right. They don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, Sparky, just about everything else does, though. Sparky and your friend who is just as good as Sparky do not count. <laughs> Correct. Um, and then the other thing is re-roll your 500 gold challenges. Every time. Just to see if you, like, spike a 750 now. Right. I run into the problem of like I'll re-roll it and I'll just be like, oh, it says cast green spells. Well, I guess I'm gonna cast some green spells and I'll get the five hundred anyway. Yeah. yeah. Like I don't I I do not like actively avoid the five hundred. Right? Mm-hmm. Like peak min maxing is you re-roll your five hundred and if it goes to like cast blue and white spells, you're like, Well, I guess I'm playing mono red today because I want to have another chance to re-roll this to a seven fifty. Yeah. Like I'm not willing to like do that it's like i want to play this deck if it happens to overlap fine yeah but 100 percent min maxes just avoid getting the 500 until you can re-roll it to a 750 yeah but like there's diminishing returns to that too though because if you build up three and you never roll a seven like if you build up three 500s and you ever roll a 750 then like you're missing out on well then you have to then you have to do it right yeah then you have to do one to free one up Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so just getting your daily stuff is uh, is good. Mm-hmm. So uh, practice drafting. Yeah, this is a biggie. Um, like, in my opinion, I'm sure that I'm wrong, and you guys can tell me that I'm wrong. But I think most of the people that complain about the arena economy don't draft. Yeah, I think that, like, it's... I think what a lot of what's driving it is content creators yeah. that want to get on, get all of their cards, play their, like, and make their content. Right. I totally understand. Mm-hmm. But how much money did I spend on uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms? Guess. Uh, none. Stone Zero. I have more yeah. gems now than I did when that set came out. Because what I did is I had 100,000 gold. Mm-hmm. And I did a bunch of gold drafts. And that ran my bankroll up. And then I was doing well enough that I was able to get down to, I got down to 13,000 gems. Yep. And then I was like, well, when I buy the Mastery Pass, I'll be at 10,000 and I'll be set up for the next set. Yep. And that got me right around 30 drafts. Mm-hmm. And I opened like 100 and something packs. And I basically have every rare in the set. I think I do have every rare in the set. Um, The only thing that I will say is that um, the reason I was able to get the, to get the, uh, all the rares is this was the first set in a while that I aggressively rare drafted. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was, I actually kept track of how many rares per draft I got. Mm-hmm. And I think I was at like 5.5 or wow. maybe more uh, rares per draft. Cause I, so I hadn't in some previous sets been rare drafting. Mm-hmm. I was, I was like, no, I want to get the best win rate I possibly can. And that'll get me more, uh, more value long-term. Right. It basically, my win rate didn't change. Like, <laughs> Which I don't know if that is an indictment of, of me or what. Yeah. 
Uh, so, okay. So I have my, I did, oops, where's it at? I did, stop, 35 drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, and I drafted 186 total rares. Wow. So right around five. Yeah. So yeah. So I averaged five rares a draft. There were, I had one draft where I got 11 rares. 11 rares. And I went 4-3. So I got 11 rares and basically broke even. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. I had an 8 rare, rare draft where I went 2-3. <laughs> and then I had a 3 rare draft where I went 4-3 as well. I was like, 3 rares went 4-3 or 11 rares and go 4-3. I would prefer yeah. to get a reverent 11 rares. Well, I'm not going to uh, go as, uh, as far as telling people to rare draft because I think uh, like no. for most people... You know, having a decent deck and getting better at drafting is worth more than having yeah. an extra rare or two in your collection. But but uh, what I mean is, like, you know, I don't know if doing 35 drafts translates into you having all the rares in the set. For Strixhaven, yeah. it didn't. Right. Partly because, like, you... Um, uh, I think I did, like, 45 drafts and didn't end up with all the rares. Uh, yeah, but were you counting Mystical Archives as all of the rares? No. No, God, no. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. I was no. going to say, because like, that's nowhere near enough if you're trying to count no. all of that. No, but I think if you if I did 35 rares uh, drafts and didn't like aggressively rare draft, I probably would have ended up with like 140 rares. Yeah. And I would still have probably ended up with most of the rares. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, I think there's a lot of complaint about, like, people complain about the economy. Like, you don't need all the rares. Like, there's, like, six rares in every set or seven that are, like, playable. Yeah. Right? If you get those, like, sweet. <laughs> like, you've done it. <laughs> like, Congratulations. Like, you're not going to. There's the bad rares. Like, you know, there's what the sorceress class. Like, no one's yeah. playing that card in standard. <laughs> like, you don't need that card. Right. So, uh, well, I wouldn't say hard rare draft. If if you do have the opportunity that it's like on the wheel and it's pick nine and there's like a rare there and there's like nothing for your deck or like. You oh, know, yeah. Yeah. Scoop go, it up. Yeah. There's no reason to be like, well, I need to send a hard signal here. Right. Like take like, just just take it and like be happy. Like there yeah. were a couple times where I'm like, I'm not going to pass this rare. But most of the time it was like, well, I'm just going to like build a like a normal deck and like, you know, be a little bit like more apt to take a rare over maybe like, you know, oh, this will be like my, you know, 20th card in my deck. I can find another yeah. 20th card. Right. Um. So, yeah. So I am, as we have here, a Deece to Deece plus drafter. Mm-hmm. I... I am between 55 and 60% is like my historic arena win, uh, win rate in draft. Yeah. So like, it's Nor- no- normally I'll draft for a week, usually no more than two weeks. Um, like for the first, at least for the first week, maybe the first two weeks I'll just draft. And then by that time I've probably found something that I wanted to do and constructed or gotten sick of the limited format and mm-hmm. moved on. So I don't I don't normally keep track of like my win rates and how many I've done and all that. Um, I just draft till I've had enough and 
by that point, you know, I have most of what I need and usually with my prize packs, I'll end up with enough wild cards to fill out whatever else I need. Yeah. So like at that 55 to 60% win rate, like, you know, I think my, you know, for, for this last one, right. For D and D I I was bad. I was 53% for D and D cause I had some real, I had like some real stinkers at the end. Right. Yeah. Uh, but at 53%, I spent 600 gems and 120,000 gold. Yeah. And I got 95 total prize packs. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. So, like, cool. Not not a big deal. But, yeah, like, I was, I was as high. So, I went, like, I was basically always at just above 50. So, this was, like, not a good set for me. I'm usually a little bit higher. But, yeah. like, I basically didn't spend any money. Right. right, like my gold supply is a little bit down, but I'm still up to like forty, almost fifty thousand gold again. Mm-hmm. So like I have a bunch of gold that I can use for uh, for drafts going forward. Right. So the uh, the other thing that's cool about drafting is that it lets you kind of dip your toes into a format and see if there's any like interesting interactions or themes that you want to build around without having to blow a bunch of wild cards to do it. Like if you, I don't know, if you were interested in the like dice rolling deck, you could kind of dip your toes in and limit it and see like if you can build a decent dice rolling deck and if you enjoy it before you incinerate wild cards on, you know, the pieces for it. Yeah, or like... end up building a bad deck. Yeah, like, oh, hey, is like um, the venture mechanic good good enough in draft yeah all right do i think it like will translate to constructed because i mean if you think about like oh gosh adventures right yeah we all realize that was like pushed for constructed but like what got it over the hump were the cards from the limited archetype limited archetypes right like edgewall innkeeper and lucky clover yeah. Right. So, like, the first time you draft like three adventure cards on a Lucky Clover, right? And you, or yeah. six adventure cards on a Lucky Clover, and you play the Lucky Clover, and then you annihilate your opponent. Yeah. You're like, oh, maybe Lucky Clover is really good. Yeah. Like, you know, and then you've, you've got that experience. You'd be like, yeah. oh, maybe I should do this. Right. Also, like, I have an absurd number of wild cards. Yes. Like, I think I have like 120 Mythic Wild Cards right now. Holy moly. And like probably 200 Rare Wild Cards, maybe more. Wow. Yeah, I have a ton. Like, because I just get a... I basically complete the whole common and uncommon part of the set in the... uh, uh, During doing drafts. Right. And so... When I open my packs, it's just Vault Progress and Rarer and Mythic Wild Cards. Mm-hmm. So I I end to the point where like because of my drafting, if like I've been playing this like medium at best like uh Maze's End uh <laughs> ramp deck. And yeah. I was just like, oh four Maze's Ends are mythics. Eh, whatever. Can craft four. Like it wasn't like I had to sweat it or anything. Right. 
And that's just because every set I draft a whole bunch and then I just like spend a couple wild cards here and there. Yeah. Right. Now, I do want to point out that like what you do is probably a little extreme for like the average player or even like our listener. Like you don't, obviously that's like, you know, min max, like the way to do it most value, but you don't have to do like a hundred percent all of the time, you know, what Brian's talking about. Like you can apply some of these principles and still help your collection greatly, even if you're not a great drafter and like commit to drafting and, you know, do everything optimally. Yeah. Like if any of these little tips will help you out. Yeah. Like I, I definitely have the, the a hundred percent min max thing to do is to use all your common and uncommon wild cards. Yeah. To build out the whole collection of commons and uncommons. So every time you draft all the commons and uncommons go to your vault progress. Yeah. But it's such a, like a small amount that it's just like, whatever. Like I don't want, yeah. I don't feel like spending the like forty minutes to individually <laughs> click on all the commons, yeah, to like make them, and like you know, like with uh, Jumpstart Horizons or whatever, right? right? Dragon's Rage Chandlers are uncommon in yeah. that set, so if I spent all my uncommon wild cards, you know, making uncommons from AFR. Now yeah. I might be short uncommons for uh, Dragon Race Chandlers if that's the card I want to play. Yeah. So I I I don't do do that too often. The next thing is that another thing that I that is a, is a thing I've done a lot is I don't open my prize packs until I'm done playing limited. Yeah, and this one you should stick to. This is kind of just the smart thing to do. Um, but this helps maximize your vault progress, right? And yeah. also utilizes the duplicate protection. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is the duplicate protection, right? So, right. If you, if you have four of a rare and you open one in draft, it's, you get 20, uh, gems, which is cool, mm-hmm. which doesn't in any way shape or form reimburse you for the pack. Not even close. But, uh, so if you, do all your drafts and you so you never get to like the fifth copy of a card when you start opening your packs you're never going to like waste a rare and turn it into 20 gems like you will get a card for it so i always wait till the very end and then um then open them all just to, like you said, maximize, maximizes your vault progress. Cause you've already got all the commons and uncommons or a lot of them. Yep. So opening your packs gives you more vault progress and then make sure you don't end up getting, seeing rares that you end up not putting in your collection. Right. So just take your time. Now I know like I, like I said, I do between 30 and 40 drafts, but mm-hmm. I often end up doing them in like, Every set, I'm like, I'm going to pace myself, going to do like one draft a day. <laughs> and then I've done 30 drafts in like two weeks. Yeah. And then I'm just like, oh, well, I guess uh, I am now burnt out on this format. <laughs> and also, like, the formats are more fun when people don't know what they're doing. 100%. And when it, when it becomes, you know, well, these are the three best decks to draft. 
All right, and then you're just playing against the three best decks every single draft. Yeah. Like, it becomes a lot less fun when you're like, oh, this is the exact same. I, I played against the exact same, you know, four or five decks every draft. Or this mm-hmm. this isn't fun. Yeah. Right. So it's more fun when people are trying to figure out what's good and when you're trying to figure out what's good. Yep. Right. Hopefully you can figure it out just a little bit quicker. Yeah. And when you do, like you feel like, oh hey, I like I figured something out. And then yeah. everyone catches up with you and you're like, oh man, now this is like way harder and you know, like I'm not getting the best version of my deck. Or like I'm getting a good green white deck, but everyone knows that black red's the best color and yeah. I just get smushed by three black red decks yeah. because that's what I got paired against. Cause you, we were like out of pod and you're just like, Oh, yeah. well this is a good green white deck, but it didn't matter. Okay. Bummer. <laughs> we're like, yep. you might have a good green white deck and it's better than your opponent's black white deck or their blue red deck. Right. Yeah. But you just stop seeing those decks because everyone fights for the best deck. Right. All right. Uh, so, uh, we already talked the, uh, about converting your car, your rare mythic wild cards. Sorry, your yeah. mythic, your ah, words, your common and uncommon wild and cards. Into... Yeah, I do, I do this a little bit. Um, I don't do it before I start drafting or whatever. Um, I usually do it w- when I'm done drafting, so I'm not just you know blanket having to go through and click through a whole oh. set. But I will, like, I'll fill out my play sets before I crack my packs. Yeah, that makes sense. You get a little bit more progress. Yeah, and... you don't you don't waste a ton of time. You get a little bit more vault progress. You still have some wild cards left over. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just what I do. I, I don't have 200 mythic rare or rare wild cards laying around, so every yeah. little bit helps. Yeah, I think I have, I have 20 mythics and maybe four rares. Okay, yeah, I've yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have I have a lot. It's, yeah, is 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 the short of it. I have perhaps some would say too many. <laughs> um, a couple decks worth for sure. A couple decks worth for sure. And then this last one, like, spend your wild cards. If you're gonna spend wild cards, spend them on the lands. Because those are yeah. the cards that are always going to see play. Right. And so you, um, like, they're going to see more play than, like, uh, a rare creature, right? Because yeah. that creature might not end up being good or might end up being, uh, there might be a better creature in the next set. But the lands, right? Like, if it's a dual land, if they print a better dual land, then you just play both of them. Yeah, and, like, the lands also have a higher chance of being backwards compatible. Oh, yeah. Like, if you, you know, if you craft for, uh, I don't know, like, the legendary adventure guy, the white one, like, you know, that probably will play see play in standard right now, but I doubt that'll ever see play in, like, historic or brawl or whatever. So, but if you craft lands instead, like, if you craft... I don't know, Den of the Bugbears. Like, those are going to see play in Standard and in Historic and in Brawl and, you know, whatever else comes down the pipeline. You're going to get more use out of your wild cards through lands than you will, you know, the Splashy Mythic or the the rare that's, you know, insert random set mechanic here. Yes. Yes. 
So I I do think that 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 is a good rule of thumb. And yep. also like, you know, don't be a completionist. Like it's okay if you look at your you're like, "Oh, like that that mythic is bad. I definitely don't need it." Right. And like you don't have to worry about missing out on things on arena either like you do in paper. Like at you know, it might be worth it to pick up, you know, whatever mythic it is in paper if it's only a dollar and there's a chance that it'll see play in the future like that mythic on arena is only ever going to cost the same wild card yeah so you always are going to have access to it so yeah that's it like because you're like now i'm going to build a deck that needs this mythic okay now i i'll, I'll buy it because like, what if you don't get around to building that deck? You bought the the wild cards for it, but then you just never got to like got around to playing that deck. So you just wasted mm-hmm. those wild cards, right? Yep. All right. So that's kind of all the arena y stuff. Yeah, uh, I got one more arena thing that we'll talk about at the end of the show. But as far as collection building, that's all of the arena y stuff. Okay. Basically, play limited. Play limited. Don't uh, buy cosmetics. Don't, don't buy cosmetics. So, okay. Paper collection. How Paper do we build collection. that? So, is it the same kind of thing where you want to, like, focus on limited? Um, if you're starting from zero and, you know, just getting started with your paper collection, yeah, I'd say play some limited. Um there is kind of a caveat there though because what i used to tell people is to play limited to build out your collection see what you want to play and then you know use what you've opened and played and limited to build out your standard deck um i don't know that paper standard is going to be a thing though yeah i mean we've we all play tons and tons and tons of standard or standard adjacent formats on arena yeah and like i don't know how many people are going to be super excited to play standard in paper when like i just spent all week playing this format yeah i want to do something different when i also like the way they've been releasing sets makes it like less incentivized for you to play paper standard like, if you can play Standard or whatever new set, like, if you can play Midnight Hunt on Arena a week before pre-release, you've gotten all your drafts in before you even get your first paper cards, and then by the time the set actually releases, you've been playing Midnight Hunt Standard for a week. Do you really want to go out and play more Standard? Yeah, I mean, you know, didn't we have, like, two weeks before standard came before the cards came out well yeah that's what i mean it's yeah, like it's open for a week before pre-release and then a week before release so that's two yeah, weeks so, before so the you, cards are legal and paper you've been playing standard for yeah you've been playing standard forever you're probably already sick of it right <laughs> like why do i want to like, like formats haven't been good like i don't i don't necessarily i mean i hope they get better but i don't necessarily have high hopes for them you know turning around and being a great format yeah, no, there's definitely issue. There's have been issues with the power level in gameplay, yeah. and you know, so last weekend or weekend before, I think we brought this up on the last show. Like, 
almost the the top eight of the uh you know challenger gauntlet was like hey mm-hmm. some form of green red or naya adventures and it's just yeah. like yay <laughs> it's like i've never seen this be- yeah still i've never seen this before great yeah right. and so you know if they don't do a better job with standard i think it's gonna fall on other formats to pick up mm-hmm. the slack mm-hmm. And yeah. so, so going back to your question, do you still recommend limited for like a new player to build a collection with? I think if you're a new player, right? Yeah. Like even if there's just a few players playing standard, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to like wander in and be like, you know, I like, a, I like playing on arena. I'm going to like start doing some paper stuff. You're not going to be able to like buy a modern deck. Yeah. Right. Like it's just not happening. So uh like kind of playing, you know, arena uh arena and then transitioning into like paper standard is probably the thing that makes most sense like financially. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, then the way to get your standard cards is to like, you know, is to to play limited or yeah. you know, just to like buy singles. Yeah. So I'll I'll add one more thing to this, and that's that if if what you're going to do is go down to your game store and buy a handful of packs and crack them, then I would absolutely recommend drafting instead, because at least you're getting you know some enjoyment out of opening the packs. Like you're getting a night's worth of play with some friends when you draft, as opposed to just cracking the packs. Yeah, like if you buy three packs. Like more than likely, you're just incinerating that money mm-hmm. because your cards are in most packs. You're getting less value out of the pack than the pack is worth. Mm-hmm. When you draft, you're paying for like the tournament and the experience, right? And so that makes that makes up for the difference in the price of the between the pack mm-hmm. and the uh, and the cards inside the pack. Yeah, you also like randomly get the cool thing you're looking for. Um, you know, obviously this is spread out over a bunch of different drafts, but um I know back in War of the Spark, um I did a bunch of drafts early on in the format in paper and I ended up with a foil neoform and a foil arboreal grazer. Both cards like I thought they were cool. I guess neoform wasn't War of the Spark though, right? Yeah, it was. I think. Was it? Um like both cards I thought were cool and interesting and you know, how many packs would it have taken for me to crack a foil one of each? But because I was drafting, you know, in drafting my decks, I was like, Oh yeah, like this foil arboreal grazer is worth more to me than this other garbage uncommon that's off color for me. So I'm going to take the foil arboreal grazer. Well, I mean, that's like a $20 card now. Oh, really? Sweet. I've got like a playset. There you go. Those go away. This is, Um, so yeah, like playing limited, like again, you're paying for the experience. So drafting, mm-hmm. uh, sealed is also a good way. Cause mm-hmm. like, it is hard to go from, I have no magic cards right. to playing constructed. And Correct. like, while limited isn't like super cheap, if you're like local area, like if you have a place where you can go draft, Right. Mm-hmm. 
you have kind of a fixed cost. Yeah. Right. Like you spend $15 on say your draft. Right. And you do that, you know, for 10 weeks and it's 150 bucks over 10 Mm -hmm. weeks between sets or whatever. But that's way cheaper than like a standard deck or like maybe that's the price of a standard deck. If you just bought it as singles Mm -hmm. and you got all this and you got all this like enjoyment out of it. Yeah. And I would hope over 10 weeks you've improved as a player and maybe gotten some store credit out of the deal too. Yeah. You've gotten something, you've gotten more packs to open. Yeah. Or whatever, whatever like price support your store has. So yep. all in all, I think that it's not a, a bad thing to do. But if you are going with like zero cards and mm-hmm. you don't find limited abhorrent, I think that it is the way to go to get you from zero to something. Yeah. Um, One thing that I kind of want to talk about a little bit that's kind of adjacent to this is when you're looking to get back into your game store, it's important to know what they're playing. Um, that kind of sounds like a silly question, but like I said earlier, like the communities have really taken a big blow and I think it's going to be hard to rebuild them back up. Um, especially if they end up taking another blow at some point within the next couple months. Um, but like if you just contact your game store or whether it's showing up or, you know, giving them a phone call and asking what gets played, then, you know, you'll know whether, well, there's no standard happening tonight or there's no pioneer happening tonight or there's no commander happening tonight, then you kind of know what to expect when you show up. If the only thing that is firing is draft, then, you know, you know to bring 15 bucks and not your standard deck. Or if they tell you that, you know, standard doesn't happen here, then you know not to ask for singles for your standard deck because nobody's playing standard. The The game store wants to, like, earn you as a customer good game stores want to earn you as a customer not just take your money there if they know you're looking to build a standard deck and standard doesn't get played in the store they'll probably mention something because like you being in the store will make them more money than you buying some random singles and the deck sit in your closet for the next three months yeah between you buying cards for other decks or to improve your deck or you know buying a drink or whatever yeah, whatever. Whatever it is. Buying a random yeah. booster pack or... Yeah, being there what, is Whatever it is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this uh, this next one, I know this is kind of similar to what you just said, but I do feel personally attacked. Okay. You have here, you don't also have to worry about buying cards for a deck that you may or may not get to play with or enjoy. Basically, you've just talked about all my pandemic card buying. <laughs> trust me i feel attacked also <laughs> just like ouch like man that, yeah. that that hits a little too close to home yeah but yeah that is something that i'm going to work on going forward we talked about it in the pre-show like we have some cards that at this point we need to liquidate and yeah. it makes more sense to like maybe in the future just focus on cards for decks we want to play as opposed to i buy like oh, this card is going to be playable in Modern at some point. I might want to play that deck. I want yeah. to have access to it. It might be better to have the $30 I was going to spend on those cards now. Mm-hmm. And if I get around to playing that deck in a few years and I'm going to have to spend $50 on those cards, maybe the $30 made me 
$25 in, in the time being or whatever, right? Yeah, whatever you did with it. Yeah, whatever I did with it was worth more to me than having those, than the like $20 price difference. Yeah. And what, buying it now versus buying it later. Yep. So, yeah, I think that is a big thing I have to worry about is like, I have cards for like every modern deck you could think of. Like, mm-hmm. I have four cards. I've never once sleeved up an Urza's Tower. <laughs> but I have four cards. Yep. Because you never know. You never know when you just might want to try on somebody. <laughs> you never know. I just I show up one day and I'm just like, surprise, Tron. And you're like, no. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I've Sur- never once wanted to try on somebody. <laughs> yeah. But, like... Like, Tron and I should be natural allies, right? Like, it does unfair things. I like doing unfair things. Yeah. I like land-based combo. all of the decks I want to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a land-based combo. I like land-based combos. Like, nope. hey, it's everything I want. Never <laughs> once played it. Never once have been like, it's Tron in time. But That's I have right. four Karns that are like 50 bucks a piece. And it's yep. like, Why? Why did you do that to yourself? All right. Because because you bu- you bought them when they were less than $100 a piece that they used to be. Yes. And like somewhere I'm like, they'll be $100 again. I'll get my money back. And I don't know if they are or not. All right. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned this one before. Buy singles, not sealed product. That is correct. Buy singles, not sealed product. Yes. We wrote it twice just for emphasis. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like sealed, like. When playing in paper was a thing, hopefully it will be soon, mm-hmm. and standard was getting played, you and I both would buy, you'd buy like two boxes, one to crack, one to save, yep. and I would buy two boxes and crack them because I wanted mm-hmm. to have kind of like most of, if not all of the commons and uncommons because mm-hmm. you never know what's going to pop up as like a playable like standard card. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause no one looked at our boy, a boreal grazer and thought standard playable card. Right. Arboreal grazer is like a modern playable card. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought. Right. And so like, I'm like, Oh, I want to make sure I have like, you know, a reasonable selection of all the commons and uncommon. So if, or Boreal Grazer happens, I have a Boreal Grazers. Mm-hmm. Right? And, but I would still then, after that, have to buy a bunch of singles. Right. To actually get well, the singles that, that I or wanted. Or build a deck or whatever. Yeah. And so it ended up that I, like, just gave myself a bunch of work of cards I have to sort. Mm-hmm. And, and then, store. And store, as he looks at a shelf full of 3000 count boxes. Um, And then I still had to spend money on singles. And since like the pandemic times, I'm doing a lot more of like, I want this common. It's a nickel. I'll buy four of them. And then I'm spending less money kind of filling out my collection of commons and uncommons. And I'm still buying a lot of the same rares that I would have anyway. Yeah. Though I am, you know, like we said, like I'm not buying cards that I think are just good and standard. Right. Right. Because I don't think standard is going to happen. So it's more like, is this playable and modern? 
Mm-hmm. Is this like a card that might be playable in, you know, Pioneer if that format ever gets played again? Yeah. Uh, right. Like, I th- that's what I'm doing. Less so being like, oh, like, this is going to be a good standard card. I got to make sure I have those. Yeah. So if you're buying singles instead of buying sealed product, when are you purchasing your singles? Uh, usually the first, like, after the set releases, fully releases in paper. Like, that yeah. week is usually when the cards are the cheapest. Yeah, right. I think that's especially true now with collector boosters, too. Um, once the collector boosters start getting cracked, you know, people will c- keep, like, the chase foil or, you know, whatever the most expensive card is and then look to get, like, the price of the box back out of the rest of the singles. So it's kind of a race to the bottom for like the first week, week and a half after collector boxes come out. Um, that chase, you know, foil or whatever, probably, I mean, I'm sure it's normally worth money and, you know, good to have. Maybe it's a card you want for your deck or whatever, but the rest of the set will take the hit for that chase card. So that's a good time to fill out, you know, the rare cycle of lands for the set. Or like you said, a couple play sets of commons or uncommons that you think are playable in other formats. And then, you know, maybe once the dust settles, that chase rare comes down in price a little bit and you can pick those up too. Yeah. But it is it is kind of like being patient and like waiting. And, you know, also, like you said, there's also the don't chase after the cards you might not play. Just like on Arena, you don't want to like spend your wild cards on a card you're not going to play. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't want to buy a bunch of cards you're not going to play. He mm-hmm. says, uh, do as I say, <laughs> not as I do. Uh, we're working yeah. on it, though. Right. We're going to work on it. Trying to make changes. Right. And then uh, the pre-show was a whole bunch of MTG finance. And, it was. Uh, we were not going to get a ton into that. But yeah. uh, let's say card prices are crazy. And there the has been are kind of nuts, and I don't know why. Yeah, like it's it's unnerving that we can't point to the underlying thing as to why these cards that we spent twenty dollars on, yeah, uh, like three or four years ago, are a hundred dollar yeah. buy list cash price right now. So that means they're selling for a hundred and fifty or something. Yeah, boggles my mind. Yeah, so. You know, there there is in every set we're like, hey, this card might be good. It's worth spending a little bit of money because mm-hmm. maybe it'll go from being fifty cents to five dollars. Right. Right. And usually for standard legal sets, that's the kind of bounce you you're looking to get, right? Yep. Uh and so you can do that, but you know, don't spread yourself too too thin on those. Mm-hmm. All right, and then this next one is also really good, which is keep your eye on secret layers. Yeah, so secret layers aren't just like really fancy versions of magic cards. They're also just magic cards. They are. You can play with them. You can. Yeah, my, a lot of times <laughs> a lot of times the secret layers come in undervalue mm-hmm. or overvalue or you know what I'm trying to say. Um, like Secret Lair Fetches was just like an instant fetch land collection and was cheaper than buying individual fetches. 
Yeah. The secret land or uh, secret layer shock lands. Like if you bought them all, you'd end up with extra copies of three of them, I think. And even like the, it was still cheaper than just like one of each shock land. And then you got to sell your extra copies off and get money back. I mean, I the, took advantage of this. Um, uh, they haven't come out yet, but like I bought four hollowed fountains that someone was pre-selling. Yeah. From the secret layer for $4 a piece. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like that didn't happen. I was like, oh, I'm just going to buy these. Yeah. Because these cards are always like 10 to $15. If I yep. get them for four, like I'm just making money. Mm hmm. The uh, Phyrexian Praetor secret lair. I think there were three Praetors that were worth more than the cost of the entire secret lair. So gotcha. it's silly to not, like, if you're looking for one of them. It's kind of silly not to spend money on all of them and then sell off your extras. The uh, Bitter Blossom from like the first round of Secret Lairs at the time was cheaper than any, uh, like buying the Secret Lair was cheaper than any other printing of Bitter Blossom. And now it's worth more than any other printing of Bitter Blossom. It's, there you they, go. They've like doubled in money. So keep your eye on Secret Lairs. If there's stuff you want in there, they're absolutely worth picking up. Yeah. Not so much for, I mean, maybe for like just the bling factor, but like if you don't have the cards, a lot of times it's cheaper to get the secret layer than it is to buy the singles. So yeah. make sure you keep your eye on secret layers. Um, I like this. Uh, play non rotating formats. I, uh -huh. I approve of this. <laughs> um, yeah, Leaf Standard on Arena. Yeah. So I know there's a certain uh, subset of listeners that like when, I bring up Popper mm -hmm. and like that is a fun format that is cheap. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, your LGS will be happy to move a lot of sing a lot of commons out of their bulk. Yeah, absolutely. And not just for you. Like if you can get Popper going in a store, like that moves a ton of bulk across, you know, 10 players. Yeah. Like, Hey, I was, these commons were literally not doing anything but like taking up space. Mm -hmm. And now people, now people paid me $40 for a deck's worth of commons. Yep. And if 10 people do that, I made $400. Your store makes $400 on cards that they weren't going to sell anyway. Yeah. And, eventually they would either get thrown out or bulk to some giant store. Yeah. And like you guys now have decks that you can play for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and it's like Popper is a format because of because the decks are so cheap. It's a easy format for like new players to jump into too. Yeah. Um, the power level is a little bit higher than like standard is, so like it's fun to learn the interactions, especially of cards that maybe nobody plays in any other format. Um, but also, it's like I said, a cheap way to get like a new player in the game. It's a lot easier to, you know break off a $20 bill for a handful of commons than it is to, you know, break out a couple hundred dollars for a standard deck. Yeah. So uh, mentioning interactions, this is for a loyal listener, Anthony. So he now has a popper deck that has misbuying click, not misbuying click. Oh gosh. Uh, what is it? The, oh gosh. Spell splitter, spell stutter sprite. Yeah. And ninja of the deep hours. 
Ooh. So you spell stutter sprite someone, then you attack, you ninjutsu in your ninja of the deep hours. Yeah. You your spell stutter sprite, and you have another counter spell in your hand. That's right. Yeah, interactions. <laughs> but like I like I gave him a, a popper deck. I think I spent like I think if I would have bought the deck whole, it would have been like forty five to sixty dollars. Yeah, but I, I think had a most lot... of the decks are right around forty five bucks. Yeah, and but I had a lot of the commons already, so it was just like, oh, it's like nothing. Right. This, this doesn't cost a whole lot. And you can get a lot of enjoyment out of it. Mm-hmm. So same with again why like I also why I keep talking about like Pioneer. Like mm-hmm. I think modern decks are too expensive. Right? Like For sure. if every modern deck like there was a story on Goldfish about how Modern Horizons 2 has caused the price of the average modern deck to go up. Yep. Uh actually I think the article said they were talking about both horizons that's yeah they've they've both both have driven the cost of modern up and the average yeah. modern deck was like over a thousand dollars it might have been like 1100 or something in there yeah. yeah and like that's a lot like again you know just as we're talking about like man we have all these cards that cost a lot of money right mm-hmm. if you're not getting to play modern frequently right why are you why are you feeling cool holding onto a thousand dollar modern deck mm-hmm. where you could have a pioneer deck for two hundred dollars? Yeah, and a couple popper decks for a hundred dollars. Yeah, and then you're like, I don't know, and a car payment. Cool. Yeah, or a couple car payments. Yeah, you're like, cool. Right? Yeah. Like that makes more sense. So like I am all for, you know, uh people trying to get the cheaper you know eternal or like non-rotating formats going in their Mm -hmm. area just because like i think modern's modern horizons is pricing people out of modern Mm -hmm. and so you know it's kind of crazy that they reprinted fetch lands and like the price of dex is going up yeah well they also printed an 80 dollar mythic monkey yeah and so I was like, oh, okay, cool. Thanks for the fetch lands, but now you're getting me somewhere else. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, you just don't... Uh, I don't think you need to just be like, oh, I need to get into, like, modern. And then the other thing that uh, uh, James will bring up is, like, for for legacy, like, proxy decks. Yes. Like, just enjoy that format. Yeah. In, like, whatever great. way you can. Yeah. Yeah. In whatever way you can. Like, no one's ever, like, played Legacy and been like, ick. That was that was <laughs> awful. Right? And if they did, it's like, okay, let's find you a different deck right. that is going to do, like, interesting stuff. Right? But mm-hmm. what they have done has been like, I like my kidneys. <laughs> I don't want to have to... I'd rather keep them. I'd rather keep them than have yeah. this deck. So... I was all excited the other day. I, I sent James a link to uh, Saffron Olive playing Legacy Aloran mm-hmm. with the Aserac in it. And yep. at the end of the video, he's like, this deck is over $4,000. Holy moly. Oh, for half that is the the three one of dual lands. Plays yeah. one underground sea, one bayou, one trap. And that's over... That's about half of the four thousand dollars. 
It's crazy. And then the Alorans are probably, you know, the other half I of it. I think they're 120 a piece right now. Yeah. So that was another five. Actually, they might have gone up since the format or since the deck got more popular. Yeah. So there's like seven. Uh, so there's like seven cards in the deck, and that's like all the costs of the deck. Yeah. So like you know you can just um, I don't know like just like interact with that format like I would yeah, like people to play, I would like people to play that format so I can use my cards. <laughs> and I think that's how most legacy players feel. Also, like. Yeah. They're just happy to get a game in. It doesn't matter if it's proxy or not. Oh, Alorans are holding steady at about 110 to 120. Oh, okay. So they have not gone crazy yet. Yeah. But, yeah, like, just find a way that you can, like, play the game. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then the, the last thing here is... Uh, spec on edh cards i have i've missed the boat on a few things like i had smothering tides when they were relatively cheap yeah and now they're like 40 dollars a piece or something ridiculous i need to get off some smothering tides yeah like i saw the price and i was like i can't believe i sold my smothering tides like this is this is awful what have i done Mm -hmm. uh i i am a fool a fool i tell you uh okay so the Ravnica Allegiance's Smothering Tithe is market price $31. Jeez. Yeah. I got off of mine when they were like 10. I'm a fool. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like cards that like are clearly commander cards mm-hmm. that are like that are that you feel like can see play, they have a tendency to like skyrocket in price. Yeah. And Again, I don't know if there are just that many more commander players where I only need one of these, but it's going to be worth more than, uh, than a, uh, you know, a standard staple or a modern staple that people need four of. Well, I th- like part of the thing about like, and I'm, you know, generalizing or whatever, so I'm sure I'm not 100% correct, but. Like, EDH players tend to have a lot of decks put together. Whereas, like, if you're a modern player, maybe you have two modern decks. Yeah. And Like, if you're a modern player, you know, if you play modern and that's your thing every week, you might have two modern to decks together at any point. If you catch an EDH player, like, at the local game store on Commander Night or whatever, chances are they're going to have, like, five decks with them. Gotcha. So some of it might be that also. Okay, but, like, it does seem like EDH cards just, like, spiral out of control. Yeah. So, for example, I somehow have four Great Henges. Yeah, that's a good example. $40 a piece. Yeah, and that's all EDH, because that card doesn't see any play in, like, Modern or... Yeah, like, maybe it sees a little bit of play in Standard currently, but... Like, it's going to rotate. This is usually when cards get to their low point. Right. When people are, like, a little hesitant and they're going to rotate out and it's, like, $40. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, okay, like, I got these cards on the cheap and now they're just, like, you know, two crisp $20 bills that I can extract out of them. And I will right. soon. 
soon <laughs> soon right um like the reason that i wanted to include this in kind of this discussion of building your collection is that specking on cards in general is a good way to like make your magic money go further and like edh is just kind of the current best route to do that with like if you can take a 20 dollar bill that you're gonna you know buy four booster packs with or whatever and spec on uh, what were smothering ties when they were like first printed like three like, bucks yeah three to ten three dollars and they went up to ten for a while and then they like took off yeah, like if you could have bought, you know, seven smothering tithes, that $20 just turned into, you know, a couple hundred dollars. That's almost a mana base for like a modern deck. Yeah, like you can get yourself like your Shocklands yeah. or, you know, fetches. I, I always like trading is something that like I don't think happens much in Magic, at least not at our shop. Yeah. Right. Like. But, like, you know, if I was going to trade with someone, I always, you know, wanted to turn, like, four quarters into a dollar. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh, you like those four $3 cards. Well, you've got one $12 card. I would rather have get that because I think it has more value long term than these $3 cards currently have. Right. Right? And so, like, you know you're kind of doing the same thing where you're specking on something and then you're turning a quarter into a dollar. Yeah. Right. And then that's letting you then get the, get the actual dollars. Yeah. Right. Either get money or like, Hey, this, this EDH card that I'm not going to play, or I have 12 of, and I'll only need one. I'll get rid of yeah. 11 of them and then build the rest of, you know, the mana for my deck or yeah. get, you know, get a pioneer deck or whatever. Now, yeah. sometimes it is, like you've got to play the long game, right? Uh, James has a better system where, since he has all of his cards cataloged, basically <laughs> what happens is he tells me when stuff's stupid expensive, and then I go look to see if I have it. <laughs> do you have any of these? Oh, I do. I should probably not have those, right? Yeah, but I'm looking at you, masterpiece lotus petals. Yes, yes, I yes I am. <laughs> but like, I couldn't believe the price of them. Yeah, they're they're buy listing for three hundred and sixty dollars. That's insane. Which is crazy. Yeah. But like you know, for a while, the place to spec on cards was reserve list stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that yeah. ship has sailed. Yeah, the easy money has been made. The easy money has been made, and we're like to like I don't know, didgeridoo. Like, <laughs> hey well, man, no. didn't didn't Minotaurs like spike an event? Last yeah, week. they did. They did. Yeah, with Harloon Minotaur and friends. And uh, <laughs> uh, so funny thing. So uh, Saffron Olive's video. He played the Minotaur's deck. Right? Yeah. And uh, he posted a thing where he's like, I don't know if like people actually like moderate YouTube content because his his video was uh, demonetized for offensive language. Because yeah. every time he said Akum Warrior for the Moto Level Fish card, yeah. uh, it translated it as him saying the C word. Oh. <laughs> Already then. Yeah, yeah. So he got demonetized for uh, for language. <laughs> uh, oh, YouTube. Like, excellent, excellent. But, right, that money has been, like, made. Yeah. Right? So... Kind of the next 
place is like, you know, standard, like really it's standard cards that are going to see EDH play. So like, for example, one that I like missed the, the three, two flash spirit that gives everything phasing. Mm-hmm. Right. Or that phases stuff out. The card is seeing literal no play anywhere. Last time mm-hmm. I looked, it was $3. Yeah. And that's all EDH people. Yep. Right? Because when your opponent plays a Wrath, you flash this in for three mana, and all your stuff lives. Yep. Sweet. But, like, that card's $3. Maybe I should buy some, because, like, in a year, are they still going to be $3? Probably not. Yeah. Who knows? If, yeah. Who knows? I'm not telling you to go out and spend, like, you know, yeah, uh, $30 on these. But it's just like, this card must be getting played in EDH, because if it wasn't, it would be a 50-cent card. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, this is a 50 cent card. So I haven't bought them yet because I'm like, I feel like I'm overpaying. But <laughs> I might not be because they might just become like an EDH like staple. Yeah. I mean, another example, this is going back a couple of years and doesn't really hold up anymore, but Paradox Engine. Like mm-hmm. when this when the set came out, you read that card and said, oh, yeah, this is an EDH card. And while the set was being opened, that card was worth almost nothing. And then after rotation, all of a sudden, Paradox engines are worth $50, $60. Now, obviously, they're not anymore because it got banned, but that card was worth nothing while it was being opened in packs. Yeah. And And obviously, reads as an EDH card. Yeah. I mean, even like Golos, you're like, oh, Golos. Yeah. I don't know what it's worth. It's a rare, so it might be a little bit different. But like Golos is like, oh, that's a commander card. You can often spot the commander card. Yeah. Right, it's not it's not that hard to see. Right, what's supposed to be a commander card? So yeah, you know, if there's some cards you think you can get, you might as well, uh, like take a flyer because you might be you know in a situation where you can get a deck or get cards you wouldn't otherwise have been able to get. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have an arena thing, like an honest yeah, to gosh arena thing. One one more quick arena thing, circling back to the top of the video. It uh or yeah the video this episode yeah (laughs) it uh it kind of ties in with the theme of the episode also getting the most out of your money um the historic brawl has been pushed back a couple weeks for reasons whatever uh because of that wizards is doing flashback um remastered drafts for Kaladesh Amonkhet. Is that it? Just Kaladesh and Amonkhet? There was a third one. Uh, it, the third one was... It wasn't a remaster set. It was something... It was like a recent set. I forget what it was. Uh, no. I thought it was because they pushed back uh, Jumpstart Horizon Master. Oh, maybe, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, because that got pushed back two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first draft you do of one of those, they're giving to you for free but they're not really advertising that. So when you go to click on the thing, like if you click, like you're going to go, you know, purchase an entry to the event, there'll be a little green button that pops up. This says free entry token and oh, you get a free out of it. I, for, for mine, at least for, uh, the Omicat one, it just said start. Oh no, mine had a green button. Uh, the green button was just said start. It didn't say free entry token. It just said start. Maybe I read it wrong, but I could have swore it just said oh, start. I don't know. I mean, there were definitely multiple buttons there, and two yeah, of them there were. Was, uh... There was there was green start, 
gold gems. Oh, oh, you you were probably playing on mobile though, right? Yeah, that might be it. Maybe that's the difference because I was playing on my computer, and I'm almost yeah. positive it said free entry or whatever. Yeah. Um. So, going back to if they're gonna give you something for free, absolutely mm-hmm. take it. So one thing we missed uh, in the same vein is like what is it now midweek magic yeah right they give you two rare uh cards take them you mean they give you 20 gems they give you 20 (laughs) they give you 20 gems take the 20 gems right Mm -hmm. or you know any of those events that are free that are giving you like some you know card reward or like gold or whatever like it is not beneath you to like go play that event for what was the the like hey we like fixed oko and we fixed uh agent of treachery oh that event was so bad i think we both did the exact same thing we went in with the historic deck we had been playing we played one game we won it we got our 500 gold or whatever it was and we got (laughs) out yes right like i never even saw one of the fixed cards i was just like whoopsie out done right so in that regard you know just take whatever they give you for free so i did my amonkhet draft and i'm a very very skillful drafter so i opened a scarab god (laughs) of course um and then in pack two i got past pretty sure i got past a god pharaoh's gift oh wow and then uh, somewhere in pack three, I got a gate to the afterlife. Oh, jeez. So your deck built itself. <laughs> so I was a golden god. I went 7-0. Easy. Yeah. Just like multiple times I put Scarab God on the stack and my opponent exploded before it hit the, <laughs> before it hit the battlefield. You're just yeah. like, well, can never beat that. And then I had yeah. a few opponents like foolishly try to like play it out. Yeah, and then by the time I had activated it for for like the third time and taken the creatures out of their graveyard, yeah, they're like, I at one point had the scarab god going with a gate to the afterlife. I'm surprised your opponent still existed. Or, yeah, or like not a gate, uh, Godfarer's gift. I was just like, yeah, get a four four from you, get a four four from me, and yeah. then oh, I will uh, us your upkeep, get a four or my upkeep, I'll get a four four, drain you for three. I will scry three. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. Yep. But I, I went 7-0 and I got 2,200 gems for doing, for literal no money. Right. For a free right. draft. Yeah. So basically I got two drafts or no, I got like a draft and a half because a draft is 1,500 yeah. gems. Right. I got a draft and a half for free. Yep. Like even if you just go like 4-3 or 3-3, you're getting like a part of a draft for free plus the packs. Right. So, like, by all means, take advantage of them giving you free stuff. Yeah, do it. Use the opportunity to uh, become a better drafter. Yeah. Open Scarab God. Make it easy. Make it easy. easy. What is the, I guess, what is the busted card you want to open in Kaladesh? What is the busted mythic you want? I guess Chandra? Uh, Yeah, probably. Probably Chandra. Trying to think of Scooter is pretty good. Looter Scooter's good. Uh, yeah, oh, Looter Scooter's to... not there, right? Yeah, it's no, it's banned, right? It's heart. Yeah, yeah heart. Heart. 
Yeah, you open a heart, it just goes in like every deck. So like you're not even committed yeah. to a color. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but just like get your uh, like get your free value. Yep. Because, Bristling like, Hydra is pretty good. Yeah, because the, the economy is awful. Uh, right. So anytime they give you something for free, take advantage of it. Absolutely. All right. So real quick on this arena tip. I mm-hmm. During the show, I updated arena on my phone. I yeah. hadn't opened arena on my phone in a while. Okay. Because I wanted to tell you exactly how many wild cards I had. Okay. <laughs> I have 425 common wild cards. Jeez. I have 623 uncommon wild cards. How do you have more uncommons than commons? I don't know. Well, you get you get uncommons from packs. Oh. Uh... You only No, you get commons from packs, you get uncommons from vault progress. I got gotcha. So when you, when you open a vault, you get uncommon, so you end up kind of getting more, I think. Yeah. I have 277 rares. Yeah. And 131 mythics. <laughs> And I put That's insane. And like I've put maybe fifty dollars into arena this year. Yeah. So draft. Be, yep, that's the way to do it. Be a stone average fifty percent drafter. <laughs> or slightly above. And yeah. you too can have a bunch of wild cards you're not using. Uh <laughs> sure. Yeah. But so with all of this, I think we have a show. I think we have a show. So if you would have tweeted us how many wild cards you have, you can get it us at Casual Tripod. I know one of yep. you has more wild cards than me. Yeah, who's that? I don't know who. Someone does. Well, somebody does. Okay. Someone does. Someone's <laughs> going to be like, like, those are rookie numbers. And I'll be like, okay, cool. Yeah. So if you're a master drafter instead of a Deez Plus drafter, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG or email us show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Um, if you're looking to make any specs of your own or load up on, you know, whatever four or five playable cards there are from Adventure Realms or, you know, lots of playable cards from Modern Horizons 2, please use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link will get a cut of to help keep the show going. And if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard MTG. Throw a couple bucks in the pot, you'll get access to our pre-show, you get early access to our show notes, and at some point in the next couple weeks here, I'll get the next round of Patreon givebacks to send out, and you'll be included in that too. Most importantly, we would really appreciate it. And we'll tell you how much we appreciate it. So head on over to patreon.com slash casual throw a couple bucks in the pot. Uh, last thing is our Discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media. Come on in, join the club, chat with some friends, hang out with us. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, good times. All right. So with that, we'll catch you at FNM. Yeah, hopefully you're a little bit more prepared now. We'll catch yeah, you at FNM. Hopefully.